Broadcasting live from the Out of the Boat Ministry headquarters, you're listening to Cast the Net. Now here's your hosts, Matt Hynas and Sean Fraunfelder. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for another blessed day, and we thank you for uh, the beautiful weather. Uh, Lord, again, I, I love the springtime because it's, it always feels like new beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the trees are starting to bloom, the, the flowers are blooming, and it just feels you're getting ready to come out of kind of our human hibernation. Um, mm-hmm. But Lord, with what's going on right now, we kind of feel like we're um, maybe being shoved back in that cave a little bit. And, and Lord, it, it's, it's starting to build frustration in a lot of people. Uh, Lord, I ask for your peace, for your guidance in this. Lord, I pray that um, we, uh, we follow your lead during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, that we are, we're sensitive to what it is that you want uh, us to do. Lord, we ask that you continue to keep putting people uh, in our path, that we can introduce them to you, and Lord, to, um, for them to just to, to get into that relationship, to have that um, kind of that freedom of getting some of this weight lifted off of them. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we ask that you be with us tonight, and Lord, we ask that you guide our conversation. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we ask you continue to be with uh, everybody who's working on the front lines of this right now. Um, Lord, we do know uh, that there are people that are um, just really, really deep in this on the front lines. And Lord, we pray that you continue to uh, pour out your blessings on them, that they get all the supplies that they need. Lord, we pray that you be with the families of people who have lost loved ones during this time. Lord, that you comfort them. Uh, Lord, and I pray that during all this, Lord, that your name is glorified. And I know yes. it will be, and we don't know how that's going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. Uh, Lord, we love you, mm-hmm. and we want to pray this in the holy, powerful, and spotless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, amen. 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 Welcome to Castanet Podcast number 16, brought to you by Out of the Boat Ministries. My name is Sean Fraunfelder, and once again, I'm joined with Matt Hynas. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 5. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Shine's on the sound again. Hello, everybody. And tonight, we are excited um, to bring to you a special guest. Um, I'm sure any of you who have listened to these podcasts uh, enough have heard myself or Highness reference uh, Grubby. And Grubby's going to be here, uh, Pastor Ron Grubb. Oh, I like him. So we're excited to have you on here. Uh, just to kind of give a little history, uh, just for me, uh, and then Matt, uh, you can go into yours, um, and then we'll kind of get into the topic for for why we we had you sure. here because of an interesting yeah. uh, message that you had yesterday. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but for me, you were my first pastor. Your first pastor I ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still remember the first sermon. I still remember exactly where I was sitting. Well, wow. uh, you taught on uh, Samaritan at the well. Um, the Lord has used that message hmm. as a kind of whenever I hear someone else teach on that, it's kind of like the Lord's going, "Listen up, <laughs> listen up. There, <laughs> there, there, there's something here for mm-hmm. you." 
Uh, so that, that message has always been special to me. That mm-hmm. story is special mm-hmm. to me. Uh, we actually talked about it a couple podcasts ago. Um, just Did you get that royalty check we sent you, Ron? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's in the mail, I uh, promise. Uh, yeah, my reward's in heaven, buddy. I, I, I think wanna... we sent that to your Florida address. Yeah. 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 So, um, but for me, being a car guy, um, you know, car guy, hot rod guy, I've, I've always loved that. Um, I thought the Lord was perfect in picking my first pastor because mm. for somebody who was a, a uh, non-believer, you kind of had a stereotype of what you thought all pastors were like. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started going to LCC, I was like, this guy's talking about hot rods. <laughs> you know, this guy's talking about motorcycles. I'm like, I, I, I can get behind this. Um, so, and then you had me when, uh, when you told me one time that you believed that there would be hot rods in heaven. I was like, I'm in, I'm in, I can do this. So, uh, so anyways, you've been a great influence on my life. Um, the uh, the ministry that you started there with LCC, um, just kind of the the leadership style, but just your teaching style too, and your thought process. Um, you know, I used to always enjoy the um, the around the barn segments and some mm-hmm. of your sermons. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Some of those that you would you would take off, and, and uh, man, some of those were some of the the best um, the best little nuggets that I can mm-hmm. remember. But um, yeah, I mean, there's um, still to this day when I hear your voice, like whether it's I'm listening to the podcast you guys put out for your mm-hmm, sermons or mm-hmm. whether I'm listening to it online, there's still a comfort that comes over no, that's, me. Yeah, wow. that's um, great to hear. So, but um, yeah, I mean, you were my first um, uh, role model in the faith mm. as to say, okay, there there is a guy who acts real, mm. um, admits faults that he has, um, came from not the stereotypical background uh, of a pastor, um, teaches in a real kind of way, like wow. I could understand, you know, coming from somebody who didn't have any of this, any kind of biblical background, uh, man, I understood all the messages that you were given, and I, I was I was getting it, and that's mm. where my first kind of knowledge of Scripture came from, which then just piqued my interest mm-hmm. of wanting to dig into it more, mm-hmm. um, so... So, anyways, I've always been grateful for that. I've always always been grateful too that any time that I've really needed, you know, some advice on stuff, um, you know, you've you've um, you've listened to me. Um, especially there a couple of years ago, and I was going through a really kind of hard time, and and we got we we met. So, um, but the other thing too is, and not to get too not to get too uh, personal, but I admired the way. You moved on from LCC, mm. yes, uh, and the handling of mm-hmm. that whole situation, um, because um, that's not how I would have handled it. And again, <laughs> I would have been wrong. I'd have torched that whole place. <laughs> we'd have just, um, we'd have just, we'd have taken care of it. But it's, just but it's done. a. It, that, that, for it, me, that was a biblical proportion thing. We'll talk about that later. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized Wonderful. that God was in it, even though it was as painful as it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and. Uh, to stand back and see it from the, the outside. Mm-hmm. I wasn't involved in any kind of leadership. I wasn't involved mm-hmm. in any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, just mm-hmm. to kind of stand from the outside and kind mm-hmm. of look and see, and then see it kind of over months and months and even, um, you know, years later. Um, just, uh, I, don't know, I had admiration for the way you handled that. And I, I thought you handled it in a, um, a biblical way. Thanks. I mean, I, I do. So 
Uh, so anyways, I'm excited to have you here, Matt. Uh, boy, where do I start? I don't want to cry yet. It's too early in the show <laughs> to cry. Uh, boy. Well, let's not spend a lot of time talking about this. But no, yeah. this, this is our yeah. chance. If you'd have told me 10, 12 years ago, you're going to do a podcast someday with Sean Fromfelder and Adam Shine and Ron Grubb, your mentor, your Jedi master, <laughs> is going to come be on your podcast. I would have just would have laughed. Um, but that's how God works. And so um, I was working at uh, Fairfield Medical Center. Um, I was the manager of endoscopy and cardiac rehab. And I'd fallen away from the Lord for a while. I was raised Methodist. You guys have heard me talk about this. And my boss at the time was Susan Collins. Oh, yeah. And um, we would meet every Monday morning at 830, Susan's office, um, all the her managers that were under her. And she had these CDs. Mm-hmm from LCC. So Ron is the founding pastor of Lancaster Community Church. He is the founding pastor of Life Church. Mm-hmm. Now you call yourself retired. I call you semi-retired. Yeah. Okay. Because you're still you're still preaching, which is why we got you here today. Um, but at the time she she had these CDs and it was from like literally the day before his message. So we'd meet on Monday. This was hot off the press. She would always say, hey, take a listen to this. So uh, I remember the first message I heard Ron give. Um, And he talked about driving downtown Lancaster and how hard it was to see a woman in a tight top and to look the other way. And I remember going, what? (laughs) I literally backed up the CD player to hear it again. And I remember thinking, this is a real, a real man, a real pastor. Mm. I've never heard a pastor talk about that. And, and that's what drew me in. And then I saw you one time, uh, I'd never met you in person. I saw you at Tim Hortons. I saw this LCC van at Tim Hortons in Lancaster. And I went in and I thought, well, I don't know what Ron Grubb looks like, but I know his voice. We talked about that last week in our Bible study in John, right? Yep. Knowing Jesus's voice. And I heard Ron's voice. And I said, hey, are you Ron Grubb? Yeah, I introduced myself. I said, come out here. I want to show you something. I had a whole front, <laughs> front seat, seat was carload <laughs> of Ron Grubb CDs like I was a groupie, man. Like I was back in the 60s and 70s. I was a groupie. Yeah. There's so many Ron Grubb stories I could tell. But uh, yeah, that's humbling. Definitely know that um, out of the boat, came from you, um, your mentoring. Uh, I believe our leadership style definitely is a reflection of you. Um, wow. How we interpret the Bible definitely is a, a filter through the Holy Spirit, but through you as well. Um, one thing I personally appreciate is just your your humbleness. You've done so many great things for so many people. I mean, Sean and I could do a podcast for two hours minimum just about what you've done for us. And the, the trickle down of what you've done has to be countless. But um, moving on. Yeah, please. You gave a great message uh, yesterday, three basic steps to the new normal. And I shared that with the guys here and some of the other guys and out of the boat. And we really thought it was fantastic. Uh, I've listened to it a couple times now. I definitely think there's multiple layers in that message. Mm. I don't know if that's how you intended it. I have my idea that that's how the Holy Spirit gave it to you. Mm -hmm. And the way you put it out was the way he wanted you to. And I'm still digging through the first couple layers. But just wanted to uh, 
man, it's just great to have you here with us. Well, thank you. And it's really uh, great to be here. I mean, goodness. Of course, at my age, it's great to be anywhere. You know, the guys <laughs> always say. But you know, I'm, uh, yeah, thanks for your kind words, and and I, you know, let's let's just give Jesus Christ the glory for it because yeah, that's where it all comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yes. you know, I've i i felt when I when I've really met Jesus, that's how I felt about him too. Just like you guys are talking about that. Wow, mm-hmm. here's a real. This is God is real. He's really a person, and and that, and and I've tried to live that out myself. And and my problem is, I'm I'm you know I'm a a man who fails just like everybody else does, and Jesus was perfect, and and uh, so my ministries have not always been, you know, going the right direction at the right time. But but I'll I can I'm happy to sit here and say, now looking back at longer years of ministry than I probably got ahead of me, I, I I'm really grateful that I've been able to get to where I am, uh, and and I hope I haven't defaced Christ uh, too many times along the way, and that's really my heart today. It's just gosh, whatever it takes to, to lift up Jesus, uh, cause that's what it's about. I mean, that's just what it's about. Yeah. That's definitely, uh, the one thing uh, that your mentoring has definitely shown us is that, uh, I can remember coming to you a couple of times about this or that, and you would, you would listen intently, um, like, like a Jedi master would. And then you would put me back on the path and say, but what about Jesus? That that's that's great, Matt. And and yes, Genesis six. I'm with you. I think Genesis six is what you're saying it is. But mm-hmm. uh, not to take away from what Genesis six is, but mm-hmm. what about Jesus? Mm-hmm. And and that that has always been your flag that you've planted. Mm-hmm. And well, I hope I hope you're right. I, 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 I receive I, your words. Thank you. But I hope you're right. I definitely believe so. And from your message yesterday. That was really the flag you were planning is we've got all this stuff going on. Um, your words yesterday was this event is biblical proportions. Mm-hmm. And so even in a biblical proportions event, you're still saying, but it's still all about Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, so where, where Ron, like, how, how did you get this message? Is this something that you've just been chewing on? Um, your beautiful wife, Marilyn. Oh, yeah. Is this something that you and Marilyn have been talking about, or kind of where did this come from? Well, um, you know, I, it, I'd like to say all it was, you know, prophetically downloaded, but uh, it, it is a matter of, of just thought process for me. I, I like to look at any event and say, I wonder what God thinks about this. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of started with that concept of, I wonder what's, I wonder what the God view of this, of the, of the, uh, uh, Corona thing is, you know, what's his, what's his view on this? And then uh, that helped me gravitate or, or ascend, so to speak, to the idea that what this is a God thing. I mean, it's not just what God thinks about it. It's, it's something that God actually has his hand in. And so that's how it began. And for me, it was just a a thought process. I, um, my tendency when I'm preparing a message is to sit down and just start typing and, and, uh, try to express what I'm thinking, uh, and then ask the Lord to, to direct that. So, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, when I started the message, I, 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 I'm not uh, fully charismatic, but I love the charismatic people. Uh, and so I never know what is considered, oh, this is a prophetic word or this isn't. So I, I'm real hesitant to say, well, that's, this was a prophetic word. I, I do believe yesterday's message was a prophetic message. Uh, and, and again, the credit to that is to the Holy Spirit. 
I mean, it's not, not mine. It was like, I, I write and write and write and then look at it and read it. And I read it back to Marilyn and she goes, wow, that's pretty good. And then I get, I begin to think, yeah, this is pretty good. And that's when I realize that it's probably the process that a good songwriter goes through where you just sit down and start expressing something that you've experienced. And then when it's done, other people start to say, wow, I really like that. And then that's when you finally begin to believe it. I, you know, as a car guy, like you mentioned, Sean, I, I used to build cars and do extensive upholstery work for people. And I'd work on a car for a month and hate it. You know, I'd, I'd think, gosh, this thing is terrible. And I got flaws here and there. And, and then, and then, you know, one of my buddies would wander in and they'd be blown away by what was done. And I'd think, oh, well, maybe it's not as bad as I think. So <laughs> the, the messages from the Lord kind of come to me that way. It's almost like I'm seeking the Lord and asking about things. And, and then as I just write down what I'm thinking, then I think, man, I probably shouldn't say this because some people think I'm crazy. And, uh, but in this case, I really think the Lord was was in it. You had mentioned, Ron, um, in your message, and and folks, you can find this message uh, online, Life Church Ohio, or YouTube, uh, YouTube. Yet yeah, it is on YouTube, Life Church Ohio: Three Basic Steps to New Normal. Um, they also have um, a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Life Church Ohio, uh, on iTunes, on your App Store. You'll find them there as well. Um, you had mentioned in there, I mean, it was full of nuggets, first of all, but some of the notes that I, I put down here for today's uh, interview, you had noted that superpowers of the world have basically been stopped in their tracks from this. And that was kind of one sign of what kind of considers what's a biblical event, mm-hmm. a biblical proportion. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your message, you'd mentioned uh, the flood. Mm-hmm. You'd mentioned uh, the death and resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I definitely agree with you. If you really think about it, the world's superpowers of today have been stopped basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, our country, pretty much industry has been stopped. You're on hold. Uh, everything's on hold. So where do you see God working in that? Kind of maybe go into, if you would, the just the thought of the superpowers and the biblical proportions piece of, mm-hmm. of what God's doing here. When, uh, when somebody is convinced they're right, they, they're usually, particularly if they're a type A personality, uh, I mean, leadership people, if they're leaders, and they think they're right, uh, like our, like uh, the intellectual uh, group in our nation, the financial group, and the political groups in our nations, they're convinced they're right. They also convince they're good people. I mean, that's one thing that I that I like to keep reminding myself is that people who don't agree with me politically that doesn't make them bad people. They're people who are embracing a thought and they think they're embracing a, and many times they think they're embracing the compassionate thought, the good thought. And so I have to keep that balanced in my mind. But when, 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 uh, type a leadership type people are moving forward, uh, the wind past their ears of their rush deafens them to what's actually happening in the moment many times. And, and, uh, so when, we are in a situation like we're in now, it's very difficult for God to reach people who can't hear anything but their own energy, the pulse of their own heart in their head to accomplish the goals they've set out to accomplish. What I'm mm. most excited about with this on hold, though I hate it, to be honest with you, I, you know, I, I won't give you all my viewpoints, but we were kind of grumbling at each other here before this, we started our podcast that, that I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like what we're doing. I, you know, I'm worried about it and I'm worried about how long it's going to last. And, but, but, the fact that God stopped everything, and I give God credit for it, or the fact that everything stopped gives God the opportunity to invest into people's ability to hear. Mm-hmm. And so um, th- 
the world rushed forward, uh, and some would say toward the end times, uh, in sin, but as long as it's rushing forward, it's very difficult for things to, uh, to alter. But when things stop, then things can be adjusted. Uh, if, you, if you've ever been involved in a, 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 a coaching event, uh, or coaching, you know that you, you run plays, but you stop the play and say, okay, now here's what we've got to do. That's where we are right now, I think, with the Lord. He, he's, he's, uh, if he didn't instrument the stop itself, I'll just speak this, you know, almost like I'm naive about it. If he didn't instrument the stop, I'm convinced he's going to take full advantage of the stop that's going on mm-hmm. right now. And, and so that's, I don't know if that speaks to what you're yeah. asking, but that's where I think we are. I, uh, I think that, and, and by the way, historically, God always disrupts the power, the superpowers to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Pharaoh was definitely disrupted. Oh, yeah. In, in I thought Egypt. that was a great point. Yeah. Um, uh, the world was definitely disrupted when, when it started to rain on Noah's Ark. Right. Um, uh, the uh, powers of being in the, in the Jewish uh, religion were disrupted when when the Messiah showed up. There, there's always a major disruption before God allows for a major shift, in my opinion. So I was I was hitchhiking on that that connective thought. So you had mentioned, um, I'm paraphrasing your words. Basically, kind of, is it possible that we we are on the precipice of the doorway into end times? Is it possible that this, and again, I'm just kind of paraphrasing your words. Mm-hmm. Is that it was, possible? That's one of my what ifs. Yeah. Is it possible that this is kind of a last call, if you would, from, from the Lord of mm-hmm. that he wants no one, he wants no one to perish. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of a, a last time out, if you would, in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, mm-hmm. drawing people near to him before we move into the end times. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've talked about that kind of recently uh, amongst the three of us here at the table. Uh, are we leading into that? Um, I know you touched yesterday on the fact that this isn't from God, that COVID, um, the coronavirus is not God's punishment on people. Uh, and, I, and I thought uh, that was great. And um, that definitely was a Ron Grubb message that I remember from way back, um, that when bad things happen, that doesn't mean that it's because of your father's sin or your sin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not God's punishment. So kind of mm-hmm. getting away mm-hmm. from where I was going, but mm-hmm. um, I think there's, I think there's two real, there's two connectors here that we could, uh, we could talk about when we talk about God's judgment and um, uh, his use of um, bad things. You know, when James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from the father in heaven, uh, because we're Bible believers, we say, okay, I accept that, that, that if it's a good gift, it comes from God. Uh, the, the other aspect of it is just what the Bible's very clear about is helping us know as much as we can possibly grasp about who God is, because God is not us. Uh, Jesus is a lot like us, but God the Father is... is um, uh, His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Um, we're used to, we tend to think of God as an authority figure. So if, so if we say, well, God's caused this to happen, we're, we have a tendency to think of, an, of a school principal who stood up and said, all right, that's it, I've had it, you know, school's out. And, and I don't believe personally that that's how God responds to things. I think God has allowed, because Adam chose to put Satan in control of this, we forget that Satan is the prince of this world. Right. Uh, 
God rel, uh, relinquished that to Satan because Adam was technically the first Messiah and he failed. He, he, didn't, he didn't deliver us. Uh, and, and so what happened was, uh, just as Jesus, uh, thank, the, thank you Lord, didn't fail when he was tempted in the, in the wilderness, uh, Adam failed at that point. And so as a, remember, remember what Satan offered Jesus. He told Jesus that you can have everything you see. And, and sometimes we forget that that means, what, what's, that, what's the Bible telling us there? It means that Satan has, has the deed to everything that Jesus was looking at. Mm, yeah. See, uh, Satan couldn't offer Jesus. Jesus didn't argue with him about whether it was, it was already his or not. He, he looked at it and said, yeah, okay, I hear you. But the Bible says, that, you know, I, I, I'm going to only follow the Father. So... Uh, the, the same thing's true now when we look at the authority situation. So did God stop, has God stopped things now? I believe sin has caused, disease is a result of, of, of uh, sin in the nature of man. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that, that disease is caused by sin. I think sin allows um, the, if you will, the, the, the germ warfare to take place. And then the germ warfare then creates diseases. And, and um, you know, I don't want to get too far afield here, but, but uh, God, doesn't, God doesn't present diseases to us, but God will use everything to bring glory to His name. This is the Romans passage, and all things work together for the good. So I think God is using this right now for the good. So the, the stimulus of my message yesterday was, what could that good be that we're not considering right now? But this, this also... <clears throat> I think we talked about it last podcast was it's submitting to your will be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I completely agree with, with what you said during the message of, is this disease from God? No. Mm-hmm. Is he allowing it to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he allow people to die from cancer? Does he allow mm-hmm. people to, um, you know, die in car crashes? And mm-hmm. he does. Um, and a lot of a lot of people have a hard time with that, but that's not his because <laughs> it's not. Mm-hmm. But that's reality, though. Mm-hmm. That 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 is that is where we live mm-hmm. at right mm-hmm. now. So to always think that, well, if it's something good, it come from God, and if it's something bad, it's come from mm-hmm. uh, from the enemy. I I don't know if I fully buy into that, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of Christians do. I, I understand because what you're saying. I think there is a beauty. This is what the Lord's been working with me during this is struggle. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a beauty in struggle because what comes afterwards, mm-hmm. right? If it wasn't for that last mm-hmm. OMBI, mm-hmm. the struggle that I went through with that, mm-hmm. you know, with my marriage, with everything else that I was struggling with with drinking, I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't have stepped foot in your mm-hmm. in your church. Um, you know, if you look back through some of the greatest gross. Mm-hmm. Of your personal, any of you guys sitting here, mm-hmm. uh, I'll bet you there's some type of struggle. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes wonder, you know, I've been real critical of the American church, uh, the stagnant kind of American church, um, not from not from all church leaders, but if, if you go by statistics, I want to say right now, um, 18% of any given congregation, roughly, actually has a biblical worldview, mm-hmm. all right? Um, that's pretty low, mm-hmm. and that's really low. Uh, there's a lot of people who just say, well, you know, look, I, I give my 10% to the church. Mm-hmm. I show up every Sunday. I'm good. I don't need to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think this here has 
this struggle has really pushed people out. And so I, I felt this when this thing started, just for, for me and my family personal, that somehow I was going to be in a better position. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that actually meant. I, I do feel the Lord spoke that to me. So I don't know if it's going to be spiritually, whatever, relationally with my wife. I, I don't know. Um, through this, but to embrace that struggle, like embracing what's going on here because it is being, it is being allowed by God. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't something that, you know, God woke up on March 10th and was like, hmm, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that part of your message of saying, of, of being clear, this isn't from God, but this mm-hmm. is being allowed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, this is not this is not going to happen in heaven. In other words, if I could counter, kind of uh, harmonize or counterpunch what you're saying, uh, when I when I'm emphasizing that that it, that if it's good, it's of God. If it's not, it's not. What I'm saying is, and I stand by that statement because I think that's what the Bible teaches. Uh, it, but what God is is truly the artist at is taking the bad stuff and weaving it into a tapestry that reflects a good thing. Right. Mm. So he's yeah. like the artist that takes a broken vase and then takes that and makes it into a mosaic piece mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but I guess what what because you had just mentioned you just referenced Isaiah where you know his thoughts are higher than our yes. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Our right and wrong is not the same as his. That's right. Ours is our perspective of that. Exactly. And what we can get. So we're stuck inside so, a box. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so mm-hmm. I want to I want to be clear on that. I, I, I that because we say it's good mm-hmm. or we say it's bad mm-hmm. doesn't particularly mean that that's what the Lord's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, because that would even be different state to state, country to country, as to what you think mm-hmm. is good and bad with, with that type of thing. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going against the all, you know, all mm-hmm. good things come, all good it. gifts come from the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because I, I do believe that sometimes His, the best gift given to us was Jesus Christ. Absolutely, and that was an horrendous suffer that He had to go through mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the greatest gift that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, a lot of people would look at that and say that was wrong for him to do that to his son. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but scripture is also very clear that, that, that was the, that was the will of the father. That was the heart of the father to, to, mm-hmm. to crush, mm-hmm. um, his son on our behalf. So mm-hmm. there's none of us that would sit here and say, yeah, that would be for me to do that to my, my child is a mm-hmm. good thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's it's dangerous when we start putting human thought processes or human yes. morals onto mm-hmm. yeah. onto God. Yeah, I guess yeah. that was a better yeah. way for me to say yeah. it, or a shorter no. way. What, um, Ron? So, if this with the Lord using this event, kind of what you talked about yesterday, um, were a couple of things possibly that you see coming. So, if if basically if the Lord uh, dialed the main hotline to the American church. What is it you think he's saying to pastors? Okay. I, I think there's two questions there. You're saying, what do you, what do I think might be coming out of the new normal? Did I hear you yes. start there? But yes. then you're also saying if he were to, if he were to ring up all the pastors now, uh, what would he, what would his encouragement be? I, I don't think his message would change one iota from basically the Pauline writings. 
Paul told us what to do. That's the reason God prophetically spoke through Paul uh, to tell us in, in, in his books uh, and Peter what we, how we should be teaching. Um, see, I, I happen to personally believe that, that the second Peter passage that I used, Second uh, Peter 2, 1 says, but there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. I believe that's, that's not a, a, um, a hyperbole. I think that's a fact. I think that um, in, the, in the rush of those of us as pastors in contemporary society, we have more fully adopted the let's play nice attitude towards sin Mm. Not towards sinners. I, I, you know, I know where I, I know where I can hear your minds going out there, people. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, we have we we have uh, there, there's a certain uh, responsibility. I about said onus, and that's not the right word. There, there's a there's a definite responsibility on those of us called to preach the gospel, and that that responsibility is to preach only the gospel mm. message. And and the gospel message is that the good news of the gospel is that we're sinners. But there's forgiveness for that sin. Uh, in contemporary culture, we have, and I'm afraid we have, and I'm as guilty maybe as the next pastor, we, we, are, we have been much too concerned about wooing people mm. instead of waging war against sin uh, to bring people out of sin. Yes. And, and I'm not talking about political activity. I'm not talking about condemn, condemning or condoning people's lifestyles. But I am about saying, let's preach about what, what sin is. Let's, let's talk about what sin is. Sin is any time we rebel against God. Uh, the, your action you choose is, is, in many regards, irrelevant. So what your sin is isn't the issue. It's that you sin. And, and, uh, and then the, the, the counterpunch to that in the Scripture, the Pauline writings is, there must be remorse or there's no forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that, this, is a, this, is a, this is a step, in my opinion, that the contemporary church has, has grown faint-hearted about because they, we, we, are, we have been beat up by the world. We, we think that the world thinks we're, we're naive idiots, and so we've hustled, and particularly the last 20 years as church leaders, to somehow get the world to think we're nicer people than we are <laughs> or, <laughs> or, that, or that they're nicer people than they are. I mean, let's just be honest. And so as a result, we've sidled up beside sinful behavior and said, well, we're going to tolerate it. We're not going to continue to call it sin because we don't want to make you uncomfortable. And the problem is that's not what our calling is. And, and I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about just the everyday world people. I'm talking about particularly preachers. Because uh, I, do, I do believe there's a, there's a, a segment of Scripture that's very clear that, that there are certain people called to, to preach. And I think preaching is, is a... Um, an, uh, 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 a gift to the church that God has ordained. Uh, actually, it's a gift that Jesus gave. Uh, you know, um, uh, if if you allow me, we got some time. You know, I like to talk about the fact that one of the things that that I that the Lord I felt came as a revelation to me was that each of the th- uh, three persons of the Trinity—God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit—each of them have granted gifts to to the to us. God the Father gives us the gifts of our natural abilities. So if um, you know, a person can be as sinful as, as, as possible, but they can still be a gifted singer. They can still be a gifted artist, a gifted mm. musician. And, and I think that's what, what we call the gift of God. I think that's a giftedness that comes from God. That's part of that every good and perfect thing comes from God. So, by the way, that's what I'm convinced the Romans is saying when it says that the gifts of God are not revocable. 
So some people would say, well, you know, once you become a Christian, then then the gifts are revocable, not are never revocable. And I'm saying no, not no. This is talking about the gift that God, the Creator, gives us. It's innate mm. within each of us that we have natural gifts. You have natural gifts, Adam. You have natural gifts, and Matt, you have natural gifts. So those come from the Father. Jesus, Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit gives the Holy Spirit are the gifts that we give a lot of. Uh, uh, airtime to in the, in the church today, and that's the gifts of the Holy Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, and self control. The the gifts that we often overlook as being equally as important, maybe even more important, because the the physical representation of God is Jesus Christ, and Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus gave to the church some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers, for the building up of the congregation. So I I do at the risk of of again being criticized, I do elevate the the position of pastor in the church. I think that I think I, I don't agree with people that say, well, the elders are the leaders of the church. I'm saying no. God has called pastors to lead churches, and and quite frankly, the one reason that I think the church is weak today is because pastors don't lead, but the group leads. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, that's that's something we got wrong a long time ago, and I'm off on a jag here. Is that all right? But sure. Uh, one of the things that I recognized when I got into the ministry. 25 years ago was that churches were basically operating like little businesses. They had a board of operations, the people who were in charge, they were the board, and the pastor was a hireling that came in, and, and he did what they told him to do or he was out. And, and then all of a sudden this contemporary church thing blew up, and people started going to contemporary churches and leaving the business oriented or the business established profile and begin to attend churches where there was these charismatic leaders. And people were saying, what's going on here? Well, actually, it was... It was a, a result of, I think, a, a more biblical base of what church leadership is to be. God always leads through leaders. I've said that. I believe that. I'll die with yeah. that. God leads through leaders. He doesn't lead through committees. And, um, uh, and uh, you know, Jesus Christ didn't come. Jesus had 12 disciples, but he didn't make them a committee. He didn't meet with them and say, what do you guys want me to do today? He, he led. He, 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 he sought the Father and did what the Father did. I think that's the dynamic that's missing in many, many churches today. Uh, of course, the problem with us as pastors is that we're sinners. So it's real easy for any of us to become aberrant, to, to lead. And then and if we take our eyes off of Jesus, or off of you know, Jesus or God the Father as Jesus did before us, then, then we're, we, become, we become dangerous. But um, I think there's a difference between a dangerous leader in a, in a church and a uh, a dumbing down leadership. Hmm. And I think the reason churches have been for by and large, mostly powerless up until this recent charismatic movement, recent meaning, you know, from the early 1900s forward when, when, uh, which is where contemporary praise and worship developed out of was the charismatic movement. Uh, I think until that time, the church had dumbed down. Don't forget the church has been going on for, for 2000 years now. Right. And so you've got to look at the whole history of the church to say, why is the church not where it ought to be? I think we're recovering in a decent manner. I'm real excited about what's going on right now because I, I got a feeling the church may come out of this. Uh, this, this may be a cocoon event for uh, churches. Uh, 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 the body of Christ may come out of this event uh, under a new anointing, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the world that will allow the church to function in a much more healthy way. Well, and, it, and I think the, I, I, I still remember when you, when you came to church one day and, and you had felt the Lord say, it's time to change LCC to a small group church. Mm -hmm. 
So a lot of these churches around that have small groups, when this happened here, everybody's like, okay, we'll just meet at home like mm-hmm. we have been mm-hmm. doing. The churches who haven't done that, all of a sudden we're like, uh oh, now mm-hmm. you know now mm-hmm. what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I see that small group model within scripture. I mean, mm-hmm. th- I always I always take it as you know when 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 Jesus is talking to the crowds. I mean that's I mean that mm-hmm. that's what you do on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But when the disciples got together, you know. Um, and even when you know, when it just if it would have been just Jesus and Peter and John, mm-hmm. like you know, because you had that smaller you know inner circle, um, that's where that's the relationship. You know, mm-hmm. my relationship with you doesn't didn't build from you standing on stage and me sitting in a crowd. Exactly. Like, it, it, and and it's the same mm-hmm. thing with Christ. If you keep that distance, so mm-hmm. that's the thing that I that for me, I guess I'm kind of hoping. That the church puts more more kind of weight in mm-hmm. getting together as groups. Stop mm-hmm. this thought process that church is only on Sunday mm-hmm. at nine and eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I give my ten percent. I walk out, and, and and let's be honest, for the vast majority of Christians, they don't even do that. Um, it's whatever I have spare, uh, and I walk out. And I check the box, and I'm and I'm good because now. You have to make an effort now mm-hmm. if you want to be connected, if you want to be around people. You have to do some things that are uncomfortable, to go on Zoom or do yep. whatever. Um, that's what I'm excited about, but it seems to me like the church has been more mobilized. Mm-hmm. I hope you're right. Not that, you know, because I, I, I think Sunday corporate time, um, you know, I believe in that. Mm-hmm. I believe there's a time that we come together for our leader to help build us up mm-hmm. to send us back out. So we go back out to battle and we come back next sun- mm-hmm. next Sunday and we're all kind of beat up and bloody mm-hmm. because of what's happened throughout the week mm-hmm. and our leader, you know, mm-hmm. gives us a message, gives us our marching orders, back out mm-hmm. we go, but that hasn't been what the vast majority of people have been doing. Mm-hmm. And I think this here is one of those things. I think there's multiple levers layers of the goodness that's come from this, mm-hmm. but I think one of those is it has really mobilized the church. I mean, you know, I, we were talking beforehand, um, you know, when I was leading up to the, your video and just seeing, you know, all these pictures of all the stuff that, that people have been doing to help out other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great to see. It is. And, and see, the, the church isn't leading in that right now. I mean, that's honestly, which I think is a good thing, that the church should lead in that. The church is doing a good job of that. During, I'm talking about during this crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, television stations are, uh, musicians are. Uh, yeah. And, and this gets back to, not to redirect w- your thought, but this gets back to what we initiated in this discussion is what, what's the new normal uh, I believe we might be looking at what some of the new normals will be. People will be much more sensitized to being uh, helpful, uh, compassionate, mm-hmm. um, and so on. And uh, when you say people, Ron, you're you're talking unbelievers. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- this is what I've. This was part of the. This was kind of. You mentioned there was layers to the message. Yes. This is something I've kind of. I kind of slid in under it that I that I I, I want to emphasize this coming week when I speak is. I'm, if I had to, I'm not a betting man, but if I had to bet what the next outpouring of the Holy Spirit will be, it won't show up in the church. It'll show up in the world. Hmm. In other words, it'll show up in unbelievers. When, when the spirit of God moves, the, 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 the church 
is moved with it because the Spirit of God lives in us. But but when the Spirit of God truly moves, see, we've we've short-sighted uh, moves of the Holy Spirit, uh, in my estimation. We, we're too quick to say, oh, that was, that was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when, the, when the Holy Spirit was outpoured in the Scriptures, it didn't just make a noise. It it rattled mm. the rafters. And so that's what I'm, that's where I'm most excited. And that's where you'll be able to say to me a year from now, Ron, you got all up in the air about nothing, didn't you? Because it didn't happen. But I, I will, I'll praise God. And I'm praying that when we come out of this thing, that within a, within a few months, people are going to be saying, wow, things are different around here. The, mm. the intellectuals are more, are more open to the possibility that there might be a divine order to stuff instead of just it's only what uh, man can think up. Uh, the politics is going to uh, understand that they, they can't be big brother to everybody. Um, uh, and, uh, and that's not a political statement. I'm, I'm just I'm reaching for where politics is today, you know. Um, and, uh, and the church in t- also will be, I think the next outpouring of the Holy Spirit happens like I can imagine it happening if, if it could happen. The church will have trouble keeping up. It won't have. See, right now the church is kind of a group that gets together and, and, and beats a drum and says, "Come on, come on, let's go. come on, guys, let's go." You know, and we're all like a bunch of teenagers rolling our eyes and shuffling our feet as teacher, church attenders. You know, going, "Okay, I'll show up and help." You know, they, they don't say that, but that's really kind of the that's really the manifestation of the church today. Yeah. I mean, as th- that gets back to what I said. Pastors have patronized congregations because they have to, or the congregation won't come. Right. And and so what I'm Praying will happen is there'll be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in such a way that the that the church people might be replaced by the world. <laughs> mm. The world may be coming in and saying, "Hey, tell me about this Jesus you've been talking about." You know that makes some sense to me now. Well, that'll only happen if the spiritual atmosphere changes. So, just to bounce into Revelation a little bit, I've been taught or understood that. Um, each one of the seven churches represents a church age from mm, the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, you know, so we had the Philadelphian church age, you know, the open door. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and right now, and I want to say most people, or most, most people that I've listened to think somewhere in that 60, 70 range, we start moving into the Laodicean church age, mm-hmm. which is the more um, lukewarm mm-hmm. uh, church age, which fits into the fact that you've got to beat your drum mm-hmm. to try to... Um, but that's the last church age. I mean, do you really believe that there's going to be uh, a revival in that church age? I mean, do you... And, and I'm not... Maybe we're done with that age. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that if this is a... If, this is if a, that's done, if then I see... If this okay. is an event of yeah. biblical proportions, okay. perhaps perhaps this is the door that closes ah. that age. Okay. So that's that's where... When I was listening to your message last night, that that's what was in my head. So I'm trying to, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't go there. Well, so let's I, pause. I, I get it now. Let's pause for a second, folks. If you have not stopped and popped some popcorn yet, now's your chance. If we had a popcorn machine here at the building, I'd have a big bowl of it right here, and I'm just I'm just, I'm just eating it, and I'm just taking this in, and and that's what um that's what I love, Ron. Is I mean, that gives me goosebumps like that is one of those biblical events where you're saying, is it possible that we have now transitioned out of the Laodicean mm-hmm. piece into the next piece, 
that possibly could be leading up to. Yeah. Can I speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Please. Let me just express as a quasi retired pastor. Let me express, <laughs> the, let me express some frustrations. I've told that, that before that they don't see the air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, they don't see the air quotes. Do yeah. they? That's okay. <laughs> as a quote unquote there retired pastor. Um, some of the frustrations that pastors don't voice because they're just gracious men and gracious women uh, is, is this drum beating effect that I talked about. Most churches, their programming is to try to convince people to do what they ought to do instead of facilitating what those people are saying, I got to do because I love Jesus. See, and I, I think the real calling of the church, the real purpose of the organized church is to provide infrastructure for adamant believers not for lethargic believers. And the Church of Laodicea, it, you know, I don't know about all that. I, I, you know, I, about whether these represent each of the different things. I, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know that. But if that, let's go with that. Let's say, okay, maybe we've been in the oh, age. I, I plagiarize it from okay, someone else. Okay, well, so. right, well, let's, let's <laughs> yeah. go with the idea that, that we... we don't don't think opinion, that I'm some type of theologian here now. Come on. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, I think we I have been living in a uh, an era, a biblical era. See, I believe every era is a biblical era. Okay. And and so now we're we're up against a biblical proportionate event, mm. and usually my my theory is pretty simple. That's that's what opens the door, closes the door on one period, and opens the door to the next. Mm. Is a is a biblically proportionate event, and so what I'm excited about to the point of being giddy is we may actually be the the generation of people that will see a change that our forefathers for. Several hundreds mm. and hundreds of years have not seen. It's wow. been churches general, yeah. and I, I, like I guess it, it, too. Yeah. I guess it depends upon how far you want to chase the rabbit. On the fact of, we love to chase okay, rabbits the, here. Yeah. <laughs> um, there needs to be a third temple, well, which the, they say that it's already the plans. They say plans that there. the plans are together. They, they say have the that cornerstone. They've got every piece numbered. They just need the permission to mm-hmm. erect it. Um, but you know, the but those things could happen the overnight. New, I, mean, I understand, yeah. you know, but, but and, there and are certain yeah. things that need to be in place according to Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Israel had to have its own nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the things that if you would have told your parents that Israel would have its own country when mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. in their 30s, what would they have told you? They said it's not possible. Right. Well, and, and, it, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see that. I get that's the part where... I kind of skipped over or missed or didn't mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. on your, you know, is this a doorway? I mean, could this could this be the ending of this age? Could it be? Again, yeah. I don't want everybody out there to listen and going, okay, here we go, hellfire, brimstone, everything. Yeah. It's end times. I'm just saying, could it be? Yes, could it be? Because this is a this is a massive this is a massive event, and it depends upon how long this goes as to how deep the 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 struggle and hurt's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is because, you know, right but, now we're looking at what five, six weeks. Some people have been shut down. Some people have only been, a f- you know, a few weeks. Um, I mean, so the screws haven't really been turned real tight yet. Yeah, the swamp hasn't been drained. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. right. But but one of the things I did want but before I lo- lose my thought when you were talking about um, instead of, you know, rah-rah trying to convince people that this is what they need to do, it immediately reminded me of um, mine and my wife's decision to mm-hmm. tithe, mm-hmm. to start tithing. Uh, I still I remember the conversation. I remember exactly where we were. We were going by, by Dee's Diner on the way up mm-hmm. to, um, we used to have every Tuesday night was every day. Mm-hmm. 
the young young adult group that we had at LCC. Mm-hmm. I remember Aaron and I having this conversation, and the decision that we made that we felt this is where the Lord was leading us wasn't. We weren't doing it because Ron Grubb told us that we need to tithe. You know, Ron taught us the principle of why you tithe mm-hmm. and why you're generous, mm-hmm. and understanding that the Lord calls you to be. Um, you know, ridiculously generous. Mm-hmm. We did it because we felt that that was where the Lord was calling us to, and that was the next step that we wanted to make into our commitment to our faith. And that's next step. Um, from that time, we've never missed. We, we've always tied, no matter what position that we've been in. Um, you know, gas station going under. You know, all the different things that's happened with us. We've never missed that. But it wasn't because. I need to make Ron Grubb happy, exactly. or Ron Grubb says it was because you had taught a, a, a topic, and the Holy Spirit said, "Okay, he made it personal to you." Right. So the Holy Spirit said, "Ron, I, I need you to teach on mm-hmm. on tithing. Hard to do too. I need mm-hmm. I need you to do this, and then I'm going to take it from there mm-hmm. with the people that I'm working with because mm-hmm. there are plenty of people that heard that message that probably never felt, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord mm-hmm. say, "Hey, it's your time." There's probably plenty of, plenty of people who heard that message and mm-hmm. and, and just kind of the Lord reinforced to this, this is why you have been tithing for years. Mm-hmm. But there's people mm-hmm. like me and my wife who heard mm-hmm. that and said, and the Lord say, I need you to take one more step. Mm-hmm. I need you to step a little bit closer to me. Mm-hmm. I need you to trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think sometimes we lose that in the church to be able to say, let's teach a concept. Here it is biblically. Here, here's all here's all the scripture that I can say, and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit does. So let me let me jump off of what you just said. Just like we're transitioning in the COVID piece uh, today, the governor came out and said, "Kids, not going back to school. It's over. Um, you know, your school systems will reach out to you. We're going to put on our student hats. We want to give you some time, Ron, to go off of what Sean just mentioned." What, where are we going now? As in, if, if this is where God, if, if this is where you believe God is looking, I definitely, we all agree this is a biblical proportion event. If this is now a transition into something new, an outpouring of the Spirit, not onto the believers, but into unbelievers. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned in your message, sensitivity uh, of unbelievers and in uh, specifically science. Mm-hmm. How then do you go to spirit-filled believers as a pastor? What is it that you want to say to us? You you mentioned we need to be spiritual first responders, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I thought was a great, great phrase. Yeah, my wife wants a t-shirt that says that. Yeah, I, I think that'd be <laughs> I like awesome. That. I, I love it. <laughs> um, but how how is it, what are you going to teach next week? What are you going to... Um, mentor uh, Mitch Price, who is the head pastor at Life Church. What type of mentoring are you give to him, or would you give to us? Is out of the boat here as we step into this new era and this new outpouring of the Spirit. Um, how how do you see the church preparing? Mm-hmm. I I would uh, because I'm feeding off the energy that I feel like the Lord's given me about the, the and I and I see myself as a futurist. You and I. Matt, you and I share, and, and in some regard, a, a, almost a, a an over uh, imagination about the future. Um, 
but that excites me. I, I like to think about yeah. future events. I actually think that's a part of the gift God has allowed me to have as a pastor is to, is to, you know, in, in the charismatic church, we'd say be prophetic that way. And so what you're asking me is a prophetic question. What, what is, what does God have in store for us? Well, of course we really don't know, but sure. what we can prepare for is the basics of scripture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what I think we have been laboring on is trying to do church in a cool manner uh, that will attract people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and moving forward, and I'm speaking from a leadership standpoint in church, moving forward, I think what we need to, how we need to readjust our, our vision is to consider how can, how can we keep up with what God is going to be doing with the people who are coming to church with energy to move forward instead of how can we cheerlead people to do what they ought. And so that means we're going to have to prepare ourselves to be what the Bible referred to as uh, people who are called for the equipping of the saints. Um, let, let me chase a rabbit a little bit if I can. Uh, I assume you guys either edit these or, but anyway, um, we can edit this out if you want to. See, when Martin Luther nailed the, the 95 Thesis to the, to the Wittenberg door, he was a Catholic. Well, out of that came the Protestant Reformation. But really, the, as Protestants, we're still very Catholic. We still, we still attend cathedrals. We still have priests. We call them pastors. Hmm. We, still, we still sit in churches that are arranged almost identically as how the Catholic church, churches were arranged. Um, and by that, I mean the physical, the, the furniture, the physical nature of it. Um, and, and then and in regards to that, then we've had, because we have, um, we divide us up into ministry and lay people. And that's not a biblical approach. The Bible says that everybody is called to ministry. Every believer mm. is called to ministry. Uh, I, I was emphasizing that some are called to the pastorate mm. and to preaching. See, not every, not every minister is called to be a preacher. And if you're like me, you've sat under some ministers who aren't preachers. Right. And that's been part of the, <laughs> the, of the, the problem in the church here in the past. Um, I think people who are gifted, you know, that's like we say in a, in a church, people who are gifted to sing should be singing. People who aren't gifted to sing shouldn't be singing. You know, it's, uh, and people who are gifted to speak and teach should be speaking and teaching. In the future, moving forward, I really believe that if the Holy Spirit is about to uh, pour out in a new way, what we'll, what we'll actually be working with are new parameters that we're going to have to discover. And the parameters are going to be, we're going to have to get back to some basics about how people see themselves. When you mentioned the tithing thing, you didn't tithe for religious purposes. You tithe because you made a personal commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's, that I think is going to be uh, a, an earmark of this, of perhaps the new, the new era in the church. And that is that the believers will be the ones pushing the, the pastors and staff to facilitate what they want to do for ministry mm. instead mm. of the pastors and staff saying, okay, now we've created this ministry. Come on, everybody get in, get in line now, single file, and we're going to march out and do this, and we hope you'll show up. Uh, instead, it's going to, when, when individual people are empowered by the Holy Spirit, which may be the new move of the Holy Spirit, um, when they become individually empowered and then the Holy Spirit begins to kick open doors, then this is what you mentioned about the, your reference to the message where I said that what if, what if the, the, the elite of our intellectuals begin to concede, perhaps we do need to open the door to divine thinking. We, we, we have, uh, I mean, everybody knows that they're blinded to themselves right now. I mean, they, they can't right. see that there's a God. <laughs> and the Bible's real clear about that. It's because they've become blinded. What if the next move of the Holy Spirit 
pulls the veil off their eyes, doesn't mean they become Christians, but all of a sudden they, they have a conceptual con- idea that perhaps there is divinity. Mm. That will impact greatly our whole culture because our, peop- our, our culture follows intellectuals. So realistically, this is kind of how I, I was thinking about this this evening. And this is just me kind of putting it in the way I can see it. If the Holy Spirit empowers unbelievers and they start coming to us as spirit-filled believers, whether it be in, into our church or into our home, um, or gravitating to us when we're at Kroger's or Walmart or Pizza Crossing, Lord, like thank you for Pizza Crossing being back up open down here. <laughs> We've been praying about that for two weeks, Lord, thank you. Um, realistically, as spirit-filled believers, it's almost like we're major league baseball players stepping back to t-ball. Uh-huh. I mean, like bringing these people to the Lord, He's he's already poured out to call them. Mm-hmm. We should be prepared to have spirit filled conversations, mm-hmm. very simple conversations mm-hmm. um, with these unbelievers. Is, is that kind of how you see it? Yes. Yeah. That's why this coming week, I'm going to speak about those three things, the importance, uh, uh, the power that comes from being committed and that, and I won't preach that message now, but the word commitment is, is much more empowering than the word love. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about that because the, 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 the translation pow- problem that we have in the contemporary church is that we, have, we use the definition of love from the world, not the definition of love from the Scripture. The definition of love from the Scripture is agape, and it doesn't mean how you feel about someone. It means whether you're committed to them or not. So when Jesus says, I want you to love your neighbor, he's saying, I want you to commit mm. to your neighbor's good. Whatever it takes for your neighbor to have the right thing at the right time, that's, that's your commitment. As, as much as you are committed to them, then that's how much you love them. Uh, and, and that's not even to talk about what it means to be married today. You know, right. we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're nuts because we're so ambivalent about it. We get up every morning and think we have the right to choose what we're going to do every day. We should be making commitments to what we're doing every day. And, mm, and that's where that's peace deep. comes from, is commitment. I mean, the, only, the, only, the reason we don't have the peace of Jesus that he promised is because we're not opting to commit to the things he asked us to commit to. Mm-hmm. I'd preach all day right there. But, yeah, but, yeah. but that's, that's <laughs> us as a society. Exactly. That's I mean, us we as a people. Yes. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we, can't, we can't commit to anything. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, there are some who do better than others. Mm-hmm. But a, as a whole, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how many years you've been in, in ministry, but... Hasn't it been a frustrating thing to get people to commit? Uh, yes, it is. I mean, it has. Yeah. Disappointing people... is a better word for it for mm-hmm. me. I mean, you're considered to be a, a, a an active participant in a church if you go what two times a month, yeah, exactly. once a month. Yeah, that was the latest polls. Was yeah, yeah. If you go, if you go two times a month, that's so that's that's only six months out of twelve you go to church. Mm. Yeah. But what was that commitment level in the 50s? No, it was much higher. I don't know for sure, but it was much higher. Right. I mean, that was... Uh, mm-hmm. So it's getting a... Co- the commitment thing, that was one of the things that jumped up to me that you, that you kind of preference for, for mm-hmm. next week um, in routine. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there is a... There is a comfort for me mm-hmm. in a routine. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, some of us are built for routine, and others are not so much. Uh, but routine is is a secret uh, ingredient in your soul. Um, the concept that I'm presenting is that God made you, and so He knows exactly how you operate best. And and He's not. Uh, I don't think God's nearly as concerned about our diet or our exercise as He is our commitment to the right things. Our ability to develop a routine. If you read the 
if you read Jesus's lifestyle as it's recorded in the Gospels, uh, he was routine about getting off to pray. For instance, mm-hmm. yep. and and we overlook that that was pivotal to his laser-like approach. His laser-like commitment to the cross was based on his routine of prayer every day, uh, and oftentimes, it, you know, when he when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, if there's a little phrase in there, people miss, and that as he was regular to do, it says, mm-hmm. ah, <laughs> See? yeah, and the guys knew where he was going and what he was going to do when they went with him. That's the reason they said, "We'll wait here and sleep." Because we know what you do. You go up there and pray for a long time. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and, uh, and of course, these, what were these disciples doing all those times? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And, and <laughs> right. again, uh, see, uh, uh, I want to say this in a kind-hearted way, but the disciples weren't star athletes during right. Jesus' no, life. They, they, no. yeah, they, they never, were the Cleveland Browns, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They never got it until after the Holy Spirit came. Right. But by the way, that, there's, a, there's a great transition, then I'll back out of the mic and let you back in. Uh, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts, that's when the apostles got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, that, that's what I'm excited about. What if yeah. we have another outpouring of the Holy Spirit as a result of this disruption oh, yeah. of biblical proportions? God's using mm. this disruption as biblical or biblical proportions to introduce a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that when we come out of this thing on the other side, you and I are much more keener to what we're called to. All of a sudden, we get what we weren't getting before. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> See, we think yeah. we're getting it now because, you know, and I credit you guys for being godly men, but but we, we all agree. Well, <laughs> I still could be a lot keener at what I do. I'm going to butcher this, uh, and I know you've you've read it too, but I'm going through uh, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how aware we are of, um, you know, and I don't even remember where the scripture was, but how aware we are of, you know, what demon possession looks like or something that's so drastically different. But... Mm We have no idea what a, mm-hmm. a spirit-filled person really looks like, mm-hmm. and it should mm-hmm. be extraordinary uh, of something to visualize because it is so radically different than what ours as humans mm-hmm. are able to 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 try and copy or mimic or anything at all. And I mean, we don't see that. We don't. Mm-hmm. But to have that thought that we can see that mm-hmm. and see this as a transition to see that often. I mean, that's exciting. That gives me goosebumps. That encourages me. I mean, I know me personally, I have had this opportunity to really dig deeper in God's Word, uh, spend more time in prayer Good than I have you, in a long time. Um, and, it, you know, being able to listen to your message yesterday just kind of reaffirm that. It's like you know, we're preparing for something. This is giving me an opportunity to reassess how much I am in the Word, how much I'm praying, and, and uh, just sitting, spending time with Him and, and have the opportunity to say, hey, this is awesome for me, but it's going to be awesome for God in the future because... Mm-hmm. There is that I feel that we're preparing ourselves in this time of this lull to um, prepare to be mm-hmm. be there for this time of potential yeah, yeah, huge yeah. change, and I think that's exciting. So, talking about preparation, I'm, I'm interested to hear where you're going, Ron, with this spiritual first responder. So, um, you know, for me, uh, I've been an ER nurse for about 25 years. I work for MedFlight now or helicopter EMS. So mm-hmm. first responders like that, that gets my ears up. But when I hear spiritual first responders, I, I think about like, you know, somebody calls you and they say, Hey, you know, so-and-so sick, you, you know, we hop in our car, which would be our EMS vehicle and we drive to their house. And that sickness might be a uh, cancer sickness or that sickness might be they're back on the bottle again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, we respond there. Uh, one thing uh, I love about you, uh, flashback to 
something that I'd never heard before growing up in a Methodist church that I heard from you is when you talked about, don't call me to go to the hospital and pray for your uncle, you go do it. And I remember thinking, what? And, See, and that's you, the Catholic model. That's where you, right. you get the priest to go read last rites. Yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you challenged my thinking, my upbringing, that mm-hmm. your prayers were heard before mine, mm-hmm. that when you phoned Jesus so that's and I phoned at the same yes. time, mm-hmm. he answered yours before mine. And so I, I always loved that because it, it... And that I had more responsibility to be spiritual than you did. Yes. <laughs> um, and but, but I think that the only real difference is... If we're going to be honest, when we look at pastors, is and not with everybody, <laughs> all right. But the vast majority of people in the congregation, you've just spent more time. You've been committed. Mm-hmm. This is a calling for you. Yeah, you're going right where I want to go with you know, this. <laughs> and, and 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 your, um, you know what I always remember you saying is, he hears from me the same as he does you. You mm-hmm. pray, mm-hmm. yeah, like. So that to go off mm-hmm. of what, but you know the voice. You've you've spent more time. Mm-hmm. You spent more time with him. Um, like for me, you spent more time with him because you followed him for more years than I have. Yeah, let me make a confession here. I, I'm having to do, learn new disciplines now because I'm not preaching on a regular basis. I'm having to learn new disciplines to get back into the Word. Mm. I tend. Mm. I, I find yeah. myself going for days at a time and go, "Holy cow! I never even read the Bible." Hmm. And and I and so you know getting back to the weaknesses of man, one of the things hmm. that drives many of us as pastors is we got to deli- we got to stand and deliver every week. So that pushes us into the scriptures. But that brings me to a point, if you don't mind me hitchhiking on what I what I think uh, about right the, the uh, spiritual first responders. If if you go out of this room today and go out here and you're involved in a serious car accident, the the people who come in that squad, you want them to have committed to study about mm. what to do for you oh, boy. in the crisis. Yeah. And that's where we're not ready as a church. Oh, man. Uh, we, wow. We, we don't have enough preachers. <laughs> See, that's, that's the Catholic motto is, well, send the priest. Say, well, the problem with that is Jesus is going to deliver a, uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the world, and the world's going to need a lot of attention about be a lot of car accidents. There's going to be a lot of, yeah, there's going to be a lot of spiritual wrecks out there that are saying, man, what do I do? Okay, okay, I'm ready to hear Jesus. What do I do? And if you're saying, well, it says somewhere in the Bible something about, well, I'm here to tell you, you're not, you don't qualify as a spiritual first responder. And so that's where, that's part of the impetus of my message this coming week is to try to, uh, compassionate lay on us as people, we aren't some dumb, we're plumb dumb <laughs> about how to handle the gospel in the hands of, of, a, of a wanton person. So we're, we're the person showing up that faints at the sight of blood at a wreck. Mm. See, and that's not a, that doesn't qualify as a spiritual first responder. Does that help? Oh, yeah, completely. Oh, I mean, that's beautiful. that, that, that yeah. is... Um, let alone fly a helicopter, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> imagine, yeah, imagine right. putting you in a helicopter and saying, "Here, just take this thing." Yeah, up. go. Yeah, you fly yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, have at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and and I think that gets back to um, you know spending time. Yeah, spending yeah. time with the Father and 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 reading His Word. I mean, this mm-hmm. is you know that is I've looked at that. That's that is a love letter that was written to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Pointing to the and, Bible, yeah, yep. yeah, pointing to the Bible, mm-hmm. um, and if that book was written to you from Maryland, or if my book was written to me from Aaron, mm-hmm. and it gave me all the steps I needed <laughs> to be closer to her, mm-hmm. would I leave it in the corner? 
Yeah. Oh, and, I mean, and would she be happy with you if you just winged it? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Somewhere in here you said. Yeah. I think every man in here relates to that. Yeah. 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 I know yeah. somewhere in that, in that letter you sent me, you told me you like certain things, but I don't know what it is anymore. And uh, I thought it was pizza. And it's not pizza, huh? So, yeah, I, I think we, we get the point on uh, what, a, what I think is spiritual. Here, let me, this is just fun. This is fun discussion for me. What if one of the new normals is the church building, as you hinted at, becomes less important because it's too limited in its structure because people become endued by the power of the Holy Spirit to do their own ministries. And instead of, uh, instead of church being a gathering of people in groups of an average of 75 people per church, which is the American average, what if the, what if the, the, uh, the new normal becomes uh, these mega churches may empty out like malls? Hmm. Uh, in other words, they may not be a facility that's needed because the people, the people want to hear. And by the way, I don't know if anybody's paid attention, but, but the method of delivering the message to people has changed radically from a preaching pulpit. Yeah, words, right. uh, there's this thing called, you know, uh, the social media and, and every other aspect that we, that, and not to mention, you know, streaming this and, and everything else on demand. Uh, so uh, what if the new normal doesn't doesn't include the Catholic model of a church building. I'm just on to well, just trying and, to. And, and, no, no, here, here's where I have you know I have to be honest. Like there's a part of me that doesn't want to go back. I don't. I, I mean because you're not, the, you're not the first person that's right. told me that. No, no, we're. I think we're we're in agreement here. Yeah, uh, I mean because I um go back I have, to the I, way it's been anyway. I, yes, right. I mean I haven't had this many sit down dinners with my my family in, in mm-hmm. such a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that, you're, but that's you're, how I was you're, raised. You're enjoying the simplicity of, of this cloistered time. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, you know, I, you know, selfishly, I enjoy the fact that I get to listen to four or five different messages on a Sunday now mm-hmm. because, you know, to, to get to, you know, to get to church early, you know, you're there if you're going to volunteer, you may be there two services. By the time you get home, you go grab mm-hmm, lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get up now and get multiple different messages. And sometimes it's entertaining for me <laughs> to be able to see, wow, like this pastor and this message and this message, mm-hmm. man, they kind of were close. Like mm-hmm, what, what's the mm-hmm. Lord, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Lord's laying the same message on multiple mm-hmm. pastors, which is entertaining. Um, you know, so selfishly, there's a part of me that that's enjoyed mm-hmm. that part. Um, but just the, you know, the pulling a parachute and just coming to a a, a, mm-hmm. a slowdown. Um, even when it comes to sports, mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. what I'm watching on TV, because I'm not interested in watching the 19. 19- 84 yeah, Winston Cup race. I can't do that. I don't. Uh, I, I know right, some I, can, but I, I I flip by those and think, why does anybody want to watch a game that's already been played? I right. Yeah. But so, you know, my my family and I would go for a walk. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah, good for you. I uh, we spend more time. It's funny that you brought up um, Walmart's having a hard time doing board games. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen Aaron, keeping up with selling board. Yeah, games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah, Aaron and Riley do more board games mm-hmm. over these past few weeks. Um, I think my daughter's going to look back at this time, although her mom's driving her a little bit crazy because Aaron's working from home too. So Riley's home. So you know, how old is Riley now? Uh, she's eleven now. Oh wow. Um, so, um, 
you know, she's getting kind of tired. But I do believe she's going to look back, and I think all of our kids are going to look back and have kind of fondness of the time that I, I was just with my family the whole time. Yeah, one um, of the emphasis that some people have made is how uh, some people are some uh, uh, previously fractured families are becoming more fractured in some regards. Some mm-hmm. of them, and and but but uh, uh, families that have had a, a modicum of health about them have become healthier. Is one of the reports I heard, hmm. which I hope is right. I hope that people are becoming healthier. But that could be part of the new normal that may not come across to us as hyper-spiritual, like some of the things we've talked about uh, that we'd put under the category of outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But wouldn't it be wonderful if families uh, were elevated because of this? It, and, and that's what you're describing mm. in my estimation, that the, that the family worth is being elevated. Um, mm. I watched American Idol last night. It's just one of the shows I like to watch. And they were interviewing the, the young man that came from uh, Australia, he and his family. And he said that they moved when he was a teenager from Australia to, to Philadelphia. And he said all of a sudden his family became extremely important to him because that's all he had. That's all he wow. knew. Where before they were, they were bifurcated. They were spread out. And uh, so uh, one of the new normals might be that we, that we are restored to some more wholesome um, spiritual connotations about life. Um, so that's where I'm, that's, that's what I'm excited about. Um, see, as a futurist, I have the luxury of saying, well, yeah, but what if without having be, to be held to any of the, so I recognize that a listener could be out there saying, yeah, but you're on, you're just spouting all stuff that could happen. And, and, you know, there's no responsibility to, to make it happen. I agree. But I think there is a responsibility and, and that is to become prepared to be first responders. And, and I think your question is, is a, is a great question. And that's where I'm going to go Sunday is what does it mean to be a, a spiritual first responder? Well, uh, I think you guys all got it right away. When I use the analogy, you, you don't want it, You don't put somebody in an ambulance and say, go take care of a, of a, uh, a life or death situation. If you've never had any training. Right. And that's basically where our churches are today. Very little training. In fact, uh, I don't know what the, the numbers are, and pastors are notorious for making up percentages, so I won't even try to do that. But, <laughs> but I would dare say if you ask uh, a vast majority of people who go to church and call themselves Christians, uh, how often have you led someone to Christ? Most of them will look away or say, let's talk about something else. Hmm. Um, you know, there are some denominations and some directions of churches that have emphasized that more than others. But by and large, uh, the new contemporary praise and worship churches are not big on let's make sure we get people saved. But that is a clear, cut and dry command. Yes. Not an option. Yes. Not a, I mean, we, we've said it before. If, if you don't have somebody that you are discipling right now, mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. wrong. You need to be pouring into somebody yep. um, because I've gotten just as much growth for myself mm-hmm. helping someone else out that, you know, at, at times I've gotten from people who are pouring into me. I mean, people need to be able to understand that um, that concept. But, you know, this thought process, and this is a lot of, of, of uh, at least people around here, I don't want to say all of the American church, but I just need to disciple my kids. Yeah. I just yeah. need to decide, I need to stay, stay in my house and mm-hmm. just and stick to this little crew. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's that circle we talk about. You know, Jesus said, "Go to all the world and preach the gospel," beginning in, and then he he radiates out. And mm-hmm. the problem with a lot of churches is they're real good at the foreign missions; they're terrible at the at the backyard. Home, backyard. Yeah. yeah. And and I, it's easy for me to, to to use the they word. You know, when I'm part of they, we're we're not we're not efficient as soul winners, and and uh, we're not good at at uh, spiritual first responding. One thing, Ron, we've really been, um, if you go back and listen to some of the podcasts that we've been doing, we've really felt that the Lord has been leading us into encouraging men, obviously out of the boat as a men's ministry, yeah, but incredible uh, ministry. To, to anyone who's listening to this man or woman, we've really felt like he's encouraged us to push them to number one, get off the fence, mm-hmm. either get in the game or decide mm-hmm. you don't want any part of the yeah, game. Commit. Because if mm-hmm. you're on the fence... Mm-hmm. You're not in the game. There's mm-hmm. uh, a buddy I, uh, I like to listen to and read. L.A. Marzulli says, if you think you know him, you don't know him. Yeah, if. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you think you know him, you don't know him. Uh-huh. So we've really tried to push people into get in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still remember this. Uh, you were uh, bringing in uh, a new pastor, and you said over him, Go feel free to make mistakes. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Oh yeah. Um, and so I think that's where we are: is we're pushing pushing men get out, get in the game. Feel free to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Get in there. Get mm-hmm. after it. Get mm-hmm. after the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you encourage listeners to once they decide? You know what? I, I hear the call. I want to be a spiritual first responder. All right, now what do I do? Uh, athletic coach analogy, I return to basics. Prayer, meditation, Bible reading, prayer, meditation, Bible reading. Um, simplicity, that's, yeah, routine, yeah. Uh, it, it, see, anybody that, you know, uh, um, uh, I love this format of media here because you can't see me, you know, I'm overweight. Uh, but I'm, I'm here to skinny. tell you, I'm here to tell you, I don't, I don't need to know a single another piece of information to know how to be fit and how to eat properly. I, I don't need to, I don't need anybody else's diet book. I don't need anybody's wizardry. I know how to do it. Sure. Mm. I just don't do it. Amen. And that's, and that's what we're talking about in Christianity. You're, yeah. not, you're uh, not committed. I'm not committed. Yeah. yeah I'm and, not committed. I, I, I'm ambivalent and ambivalence leaves you open. See the, the, the seed of Adam in us is that we are by nature sinful people, hmm. even as redeemed people, we have the sin nature in us. And so if we don't push back against our sin nature, hmm. It controls us, and that's mm. where we are. And and this this doesn't match some people's theology, Christian theology. But I believe that that Christians suffer from that even greater than than mm. uh, aberrant non-believers do. Well, I think that would make sense. I mean, he's already got the loss, Satan. That is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he's going to work harder to pull us away from our Savior. Yeah, you know, there's there's a huge spiritual battle. With exactly. That. Yes. Well, then, uh, not to chase this rabbit, and then you have to get into the once saved, always saved. I've heard your I've heard your sermons on today. this one. Whew, don't get I don't know tr- if we've got don't time for that. trouble, man. <laughs> 4 hours later, <laughs> you're going to get me in trouble. Okay. Yeah. But so, uh, just to So elaborate. we can also go to uh, pre-trib, post-trib uh-uh. or no, okay. oh, man. I don't know anybody Whew. any of that stuff. 6 hours <laughs> later, Marilyn says it's 3 a.m. Where's Ron? <laughs> yeah. My answer to those things is I am I am too dumb to know the answer. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, you know, I, I just so I 
can kind of share this understanding with others. When you say meditate, we're talking quiet time with the Lord. Yes. We're talking, we're not praying to Him, ask, telling Him what our, our desires are. That's, we're sitting in silence, listening, seeking mm-hmm. His voice to us. That's a great, um, that's a great footnote, Adam. Yes. And, and yeah. I just... I, it's always good to try and really clarify where we're going, I think. And, you know, and there's there's great times I've had now. I'll be the first one to tell you that, oh, man, I've not spent nearly enough time mm-hmm. uh, just listening to our Lord. But mm-hmm. when I do um, and you give him the time to speak, it's something that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so joyous to be able to, to be able to be a small part of and to know that that's just a glimpse of what we get to do in heaven mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. that and, and worshiping him. Um, but yeah, I, I, and that excites me. And that's something, yes, prayer, meditation, mm-hmm. and studying his word. And mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, that that's as easy as ABC. We all know it. Mm-hmm. We got to commit to do it. Yep. yep. And I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think there's some negative uh, thought process when, when you hear the word meditate. Mm, you, know, yeah, you get kind of yeah. real kind of new age kind of... Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you know, so for people to understand... But that was just a terminology from, from scriptures. I mean, you know, well, I understand that. Yeah. But it, like for mm-hmm. me, I always picture somebody in like a Hindu. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, you know, they just got done doing yoga, mm-hmm. and then now they're Chakras. meditating, mm-hmm. and they're you know sitting Indian style with their you know, um. <laughs> yeah. Um, but spending that quiet time because there's sometimes for me, you know, because sometimes I have an overactive brain, I jump from thought to thought to thought to thought. Oh yeah, to just me be too. able to stop. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No more input, no more nothing. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just think about what we just read, or think about what I just um, watched, or think about what I just prayed about, um, and just kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I'm glad you brought that up because I, I I do know for me for the longest time I always had kind of a negative when I heard someone say meditate I always thought. Eww. And you know the piece that comes to mind when you talk about that is be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really see, Ron, if we're we're moving into what you're talking about, again, I go, I, this is just how I'm seeing it in my mind, and I believe it's from the Lord, is we're going to look like major leaguers coming into a t-ball game mm-hmm. when these, when the Lord is sending these people to us. And I believe uh, all of us here are going to experience this. All of you listening are going to have an experience where someone is going to come to you, and maybe you have never talked about Jesus to one single person. Maybe you've talked to your children about Jesus, but maybe to anybody you've worked with at your job site, you've never talked Jesus. And somebody is going to come to you, and out of your mouth is going to come some of the most mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. words. And mm-hmm. when you're done, you're going to go, Where'd that come from? Where, where was that? <laughs> oh, yeah. And you will yeah. know, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what you're talking about. That, but that requires preparation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and that that piece of Going back to daily prayer, that piece of what you talked about, new Sean of, okay, Lord, what is it you want me to do today? Mm-hmm. Of yeah. instead of going to Him with our ransom list, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, Lord, yeah. well, here's what I need today. Yeah. I need a dozen eggs. Sharp, uh, sharpen your pencil, Lord. I got yeah, a list here. I think when we go to Him, and say, okay, Lord, are you going to put some unbelievers in front of me today? Because I'm, I, I want, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm ready to go to my basic EMT, spiritual first responder, first day. Mm-hmm. And be prepared for him to put people in front of you. Because I think when we ask for that, mm-hmm. I, I think number one, he smiles and he says, all right, 
you're in the game. Okay, here you go. I, I don't think he's going to send some really hard ones <laughs> to begin with because he knows that's yeah. not where we're yeah. at. We're, yeah. we're not in the NASCAR league. Yeah. We're just yeah. still in the backyard dirt track ready to uh, go. Yeah. Instead of doing 30 laps, we'll just do two. But I thought that, that it, was a good, it was a good message that Pastor Brian gave yesterday on um, from the resurrection to Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that time there was preparation mm. for fifty days. Yep. What was coming, and so how long we've been locked down now? I don't know. Thirty. Been, I think we're at thirty. We were at thirty-eight yesterday. I think thirty-nine. Yeah, so thirty-nine. Um, so it was be be still. It's coming, and like you said, it shook the rafters mm-hmm. when it came, um, but. And we had talked about this Thursday when we were reading through John. I've always thought we've been really harsh on the disciples pre-Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they are... Like, Peter's one of the people for me, Peter and Paul, that's just... You can't have somebody who had a a foot-shaped mouth... <laughs> all through the Gospels, yeah. and then all of a sudden is yeah. now a, mm-hmm. a, a a scriptural Dynam- knowledge. I mean, yeah. just a dynamic leader, spiritually, yeah. yes, yeah, and and gives you know the 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 first Christian uh, sermon that saved three thousand people. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you can't just do that because you studied well for fifty mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. You know, you all of a sudden mm-hmm. you unrolled all the scrolls, mm-hmm. and now you mm-hmm. know everything. Like. Mm-hmm. It was supernatural what happened mm-hmm. to him, and then from that point on, because, um, and then with any of them, I mean, there was a lot of cowardness that was shown between them, especially at the cross, and now all of a sudden these people are the most bold mm-hmm. that you'll see, yeah. um, you know. So, so I sometimes wonder if, if, and and Brian got me thinking about that, like. Is that where it's going? And then, I, and then I hear you say the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So that that's kind of been bouncing mm-hmm. around in my head as we've been talking about that. Is these two different messages? You guys didn't talk to one another, mm-hmm. and you're both leading in kind of the same way of mm-hmm. be be prepared, be prepared, get ready, get get ready, get praying, get listening to the voice. Yeah, because the disciples had no idea what was getting ready to come down out of those rafters no. with them. No, <laughs> no. you know, um, but they prayed. Mm-hmm. And they were yeah. ready, yeah. Um, you know. And maybe, maybe that's what we should be doing. I mean, for me, maybe I should stop with the complaining about because this, this has really been working on me because I, I don't like to be boxed in. I don't like to feel it's like contrary I can't to your do. nature, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like Believe this. Me, I understand. Um, <laughs> and you know, there's been a lot of grumbling, mm-hmm. and and I've been, ha- I had to, I have to really fight back and forth and say, okay, this is the Lord's will be done. This is what he wants to happen right now. Mm-hmm. I need to stop complaining about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the days start out really good, um, but as the days kind of progress, and me I'm my just kids getting... are going to be home with me the rest of the school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, kind, just... we're kind of in the car that Jesus is driving right now. That was my point. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, uh, but not sorry enough that I won't keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We're, we're kind of in the analogy that that with this shutdown, global, this this what we're calling a uh, uh, what I'll call a, an event of biblical proportions. What's happened is it, it allows God to be in the driver's seat if we want to go along with Him. Uh, 
And that's mm. part of what I'm talking about with preparation is mm. uh, now the people that experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 still had to be there because mm. in Acts chapter 19, the believers didn't know about it. And they prayed for him again to receive the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's, my, that's my urgency to all of us. Let's, let's at least get in the car mm. instead of doing what... I, I'm doing the same thing you are. So instead of us grumbling about what's going on now, we need, yeah. to, we need to be in eager anticipation of where God is taking yeah. us instead of being the kid hanging over the back of the front seat saying, where are we going? Where are we going? What are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Where, when are we going to eat? When are we going to eat? What are we going to do now? I don't like this. See, instead of that routine, we need to be people who, are, who like Jesus would say, if I got to stop this car, <laughs> <laughs> sit down and shut up. Don't make me stop yeah. this car. Yeah. Don't make me stop this oh, car. That's awesome. See? Mm. And, and I think that's where we are as we don't know. I mean, it's easy for me to, prog- you know, to guess ahead what might happen. The real work is, can I graciously get in the back seat, sit down, and do what Jesus tells me to do while he takes us somewhere? Because I think he's taking us somewhere. I think that is a, that's a perfect note to end on. Yeah. Um, just a thought of get in, sit down, buckle up. <laughs> Shut up and hang on. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I'm with you, Ron. I, I do think... Buckle up, hang on, it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's coming. I pray you're right. Um, so with that, uh, would you do us the honor of uh, closing us in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus, uh, what an incredible privilege it is to stand and, and to speak uh, about the things that, that you're instrumenting. Lord, thank you that you are our Savior, that you are our Lord. Yes. And Lord, we, we concede that. I pray that, that uh, you might not only... Uh, be uh, the one we look to, but that we might uh, be open to every aspect of what you're trying to accomplish during this uh, this melee right now. Or may we see it as a time that possibly, as never before, you are intricately weaving and making uh, an incredible future mm-hmm. for uh, unbelievers. Lord, I know that your heart is for those who have yet to come to you, and that the only reason that you haven't returned, the Bible tells us, is because you're still waiting patiently and lovingly Thank you, Lord. for those who will turn to you. So, Lord, I pray that, that we might be uh, privileged to be part of an outpouring that leads people to you. Lord, uh, I wouldn't be uh, so uh, demanding as to say we hope that the end times are near. I, I, if, if the world goes on for another thousand, two thousand years, may we only do now what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Lord, I love what my friend one time said, and I, we just pray that now. Uh, may we get up in the morning and say to you, what are you doing today, Lord, and can I go with you? Yes. So, Lord, I just pray that now for all of us. I pray for those who are um, experiencing difficulties just now. I pray for those who are like uh, Sean and I that, that snort and stomp around when we don't like the way things are. Help us to relax and, and, and to fall back into your arms and mm-hmm. to find the importance of simplicity and routine. Help us to commit to those things so that we can be healthy and aware and so that we might be, uh, uh, to change the analogy, Lord, we might be the soldiers who are ready to fight the fights you want to fight instead mm-hmm. of the fights we're trying to fight. So, Lord, I just pray your covering and blessing. I pray your blessing on this, uh, this ministry, the uh, out-of-the-boat ministry. Lord, I just pray that you'll give them wisdom and direction, uh, help, help them to recognize that the decisions they're making regarding their upcoming events are uh, decisions they're trying to make to please you, not to yes. meet a parameter of situations, but that their, their heart and their desire is to please you. So I pray that you'll speak kindly and softly into their hearts, give them direction. Lord, thank you for everyone who's listening. Thank you for this opportunity in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Amen.
You've been listening to Cast the Net, a production of Out of the Boat Ministries. For more information, follow us on Facebook at Out of the Boat Logan or visit our website, outoftheboatministries.com.